Alrighty, we are at 22a in the middle of the page, Chafbez Amar Aleph. I'm sorry that it's been a couple of days. I've uh, had a uh, pretty rough cold, but I am back. So um, we're at Maisa Rebbe Yehuda. So that's um, the last word of the last most narrow line. Maisa Rebbe Yehuda Shara'a Keri. So it happened, Amaisa is a, a happened. So it happened with Rabbi Yehuda Shara'akari that he saw a seminal omission. And he was walking on the, along the river. And his students told him, Rabbeinu, our teacher, teach us one chapter in the laws of Derech Eretz, which, if you remember last, um, it was those laws that Rabbi Yehuda said you do not need to immerse first in order to involve yourself in after having a seminal mission. So uh, that's what they said. They said, teach us. Yarad v'tavel. Rabbi Yehuda went and immersed v'shanolahem, and only then did he teach them. Amrulo, so they said to him, lokachli madatena rabbeinu, didn't you teach us, Rabbi? Shonahu b'hilchos that somebody that saw a seminal mission and did not yet immerse can still learn the laws of Derech Eretz, um, proper conduct. So Amr Lehem, he answered them, Even though I am lenient on others, for others, in this scenario, I'm still stringent for myself. And that was Rabbi Huda's response. Okay, now we're going to have a new opinion. We're at Tanya, the second of the widest lines um, at the colon. Tanya, we learned in a brayso. Rabbi Yehuda ben Maseira, Rabbi Yehuda ben Maseira would say, "Ein divrei Torah mekablin tumah." The words of Torah will cannot, um, cannot are not susceptible to impurity, and therefore, even if you had a seminal mission, you can engage in any sort of Torah learning you would like. Maisa b'talmadecha would happen with one student. Shahayim egam game lamaylo mer Rabbi Yehuda ben Maseira, who is stammering in front of Rabbi Yehuda ben Maseira. Meaning what it seemed like was that he wasn't sure if he should be teaching Torah at that point or not because he had had a seminal omission. Amar Leis, Rabbi Yehuda ben Maseira, told him, Bini, my son, psach picha, open your mouth via iro devarecha, and um, let your words shine forth. She'en devrei Torah tumah, because the words of Torah do, are not susceptible to impurity, and therefore it is totally fine for you to be teaching. You do not have to be hesitant. Shenemar, as the verse says, Behold, these are my. This is my word. Kaish. It's like fire. Neum Hashem, the word of God. So the word, the the word of God is like fire. Maish inu mekabel tuma, just like fire is not susceptible to impurity. After vrei Torah in mekabel tuma, so too the words of Torah are not susceptible to tuma to um, what we are translating as impurity, but that is not the right translation. Okay. Now we're going to discuss something we had talked about earlier. Omar Mar, we had learned, Master said, so Baisa had taught us, Matsias a mission of Matsias Hagamar, someone that has a seminal mission, can delve into learning of the Mishnah, but not into but cannot delve into the learning of Gemara. Messiah Rabbi Eli, this is a good proof for Rabbi Eli, Dhamma Rabbi Eli, Amar Rabbi Acha Bar Yaakov Mushum Rabbi, no Kazabilai said in the name of Rabbi Acha, the son of Yaakov, um, in the name of our teacher. Halacha, the halacha is Matsias a Mishnah ve'ino Matsias a Gemara. Someone that had a seminal mission can delve into learning of the Mishnah, but cannot delve into the learning of Gemara. Kitanoi, 
And um, this is actually like a machlokis of Tanayim. This was like a machlokis of scholars in the Mishnah and um, scholars in the Mishnah and in the Brisa. What did we learn? We learned in the following Brisa: Matzias Mishnah ve'Eno Matzias Gemara. Some of the Hadassimal Mission can delve into the words of the Mishnah, but not the Gemara. Divrei Rabbi Meir. These are the words of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Huda ben Gamliel. Omer Rabbi Huda ben Gamliel said, "Mishum Rabbi Chanina ben Gamliel." In the name of Rabbi Chanina ben Gamliel, Zeva Ze Aser. Both delving into the Mishnah and the Gemara is actually prohibited. But Amri and some say that um, what um, Rabbi Chanina ben Gamliel said was Zeva Ze Mutter. Is that um, some of the Hasanah Mission can actually delve both into the words of the Mishnah and the Gemara? So two different ways. Of understanding what it was that Rabbi Yehuda ben Gamliel had said, the one that understood Rabbi Yehuda as saying that both delving into the Mishnah and the Gemara is prohibited if you had a seminal mission and did not yet go to the mikvah, that goes very well with what Rabbi Yochanan Hasanlar had said earlier in the Brisa. But according to the one that said that Rabbi Yehuda felt that you can delve both into the Mishnah and the Gemara, who would that be going according to? That would be going according to Rabbi Yehuda ben Maseira, who says that you can learn any Torah you'd like, even if you've had a seminal mission and have not yet get and have not yet gone to the mikvah, because the words of Torah are not susceptible to impurity. Okay, so um, now we're going to uh, issue a ruling. Uh, we're at the last word on the of the wide lines. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I think it's ten lines down in the widest lines. Omar. So Amar Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, Rav Nachman Yitzchak says, Nohog Alma Kahani Savi. The world accustoms themselves according to the following three elders. Krabi Ulai, Bereshis Hakez. They follow Rabbi Ulai's opinion when it comes to um, offering the first of your sheep's shearings to the temple, to a Kohen. Um, Rabbi Yoshia Beklayim, they go according to Rabbi Yoshia when it comes to um, forbidden mixtures. Um, and Rabbi Yehuda ben Beseira, Bedevrei Torah, and they go like Rabbi Yehuda ben Beseira when it comes to words of Torah. So now we're going to talk about what each one of these is referring to. Rabbi Yehuda Beshis Hagez, they go according to Rabbi Yehuda when it comes to the first shearings. Ditanya, because as we learned in Obraisa, Rabbi Lai Omer, Rabbi Lai said, Reishas Hagez, Eino Noheg Elo Ba'aretz. The obligation to bring your first shearings to a Kohen only applies in the land of Israel. And that's how we've accustomed ourselves. Rabbi Yoshia Biklayim. We go to like Rabbi Yoshia when it comes to forbidden mixtures. Kiddachsiv, as the verse says, Lo Sizra Karmacha Kalayim. You cannot plant your vineyard with a forbidden mixture. Rabbi Yoshia Omer, Rabbi Yoshia explains this. Lo'olam Eino Chayim, you're not... You have not um, transgressed. You are not. Ob- you have. You have not, not transgressed the prohibition. Until you plant wheat seeds and barley seeds and grape seeds, bimapolis yad with one throw. In other words, at the same time, that's the only time that you will have transgressed that biblical prohibition of planting forbidden species together. Is if you plant them all at the same time, and that's how we've accustomed ourselves. And then Rabbi Yehuda ben Beser b'Devrei Torah. We hold like Rabbi Yehuda ben Beser when it comes to words of Torah. Titania, we learned in a brisa. Rabbi Yehuda ben Beser Omer. Rabbi Yehuda ben Beser says, "Divrei Torah ain't divrei Torah mekabelin tuma." Words of Torah are not susceptible to impurity. And again, that is how we have accustomed ourselves. We do not. We're not um, specific about going to the mikvah before learning words of Torah. Okay. 
he also Ziri Amar when Ziri came, he said Batluha Litavulusa. He said they abolished immersion, the Amrila Batlulinitilusa. And some say that Ziri said that they abolished washing one's hands. Now what are both of these a reference to? Manda Amar Batlua Litvilusa, according to the one that understood that they abolished immersion, Kirabihuda Ben Basera. That's like the opinion of Rabihuda Ben Basera that you do not need to immerse after seminal mission in order to study Torah. Manda Amar Batlua Linitilusa, the one that understood Ziri that Ziri had said that they um, that they nullified or they abolished washing one's hands. What's that's a reference to? Kiha de Rav Chista, like the following case where Rav Chista was liet, um, yelled or cursed, Amanda Mahadar Amaya, somebody that went looking for water, Be'idan Salaisa, during the prayer time. In other words, we spoke about this earlier, and what Rav Chista felt was that one, if the time for prayer has come, one should not go seeking out water to wash one's hands, although one should wash one's hands before prayer. If the time for prayer has come, they should wipe their hands on some sort of stone or wood and not walk, try to find water. Um, and uh, that's, that would be the idea um, if the understanding is that they abolish the washing of the hands would be in that scenario. Okay. Now we're going to talk more about this decree of Ezra that one should go to the mikvah before learning Torah if one had a seminal omission. We're going to clarify this. We are at the words Tanu Rabbanon, so it's the next colon. It's like almost in the middle of the wide lines. In the middle of the line, in the middle of the wide lines. Tanu Rabbanon, the rabbis taught. Balkeri Is someone that had a seminal omission that poured on themselves nine kav of water, they are now pure and they can study Torah. Meaning, in a mikvah is a huge amount of water and, you'd have to, and, and uh, you have to immerse. You can't pour that water on top of you. What we're saying now is that there's an easier way to get out of the impurity of, semin of, of seminal emission, and that is through pouring nine kav of water on yourself, like taking a shower. Um, nine kav is about three and a half gallons of water. So that is um, the teaching here. Nachum Ishgamzu Lichashal Rabbi Kiva. Nachum Ishgamzu whispered this ruling to Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Kiva Lichashal Ben Azai, and Rabbi Akiva whispered this to Ben Azai. U Ben Azai Yatsa Ben Azai went out Ushana'a and taught this ruling Litalmidav Bashok to his students in the marketplace. So how do we understand what Ben Azai did? Pligi batre Amorai b'ma'arava to Amorayim, to scholars of the Gemara. They argued about this in Israel in the West. Rabbi Yossi bar Avin, Rabbi Yossi bar Zvida. The two that were arguing are Rabbi Yossi bar Avin, Rabbi Yossi bar Zvida. Chad Tani Shana'a. One taught that what Ben Azai did was he went and taught this ruling to, he went and taught this ruling to his students in the marketplace, and everyone else was able to hear it as well. He was not being private about it. V'chatani l'chashan, the other opinion felt that he is uh, that he whispered it. He whispered it in the marketplace to his students, so in other words, no one else was able to hear. It was something that he was not trying to publicize. So now, what's the reason that Ben Azai would have whispered this versus publicized this? So now the Gemara is going to explain, Man de Tana the one that understood 
that Ben Aze went and taught it, so in other words, publicized this ruling, Mishum Bittol Torah, that was in order to keep away from, that was in order to distance people from not learning Torah. Because if you require somebody to go to the mikvah, it could be quite a bit before they can learn Torah once again. And uh, therefore, Ben Aze publicized that this nine kav um, pouring on yourself is enough. Umishum betel period. And the second reason that he would have publicized this is because what would happen is is that people knew that they would need to go to the mikvah if they wanted to learn Torah again. So if they wanted to, um, if they wanted to be intimate with their wives and eventually and you know procreate as well, um, sometimes they would just not do it because that would mean that they wouldn't be able to learn Torah again for quite a while. They wouldn't be able to go to the academy again for quite a bit if they didn't have a mikvah readily available. So, and, um, and uh, in order to make sure that people were not keeping back from, um, from intimacy, from, from procreating, um, Ben Azai publicized that all you have to do is pour on yourself nine kavan of water. Umantatani l'chashan, according to the opinion that said Ben Azai only said this privately to his students, why wouldn't he have publicized it? Shelo yehu on He did not want Torah scholars to be um, constant with their wives like roosters. In other words, by not publicizing this, um, people would still think you need to go to the mikvah, you need to go through a whole process every time you are, every time you are um, with your spouse. And that he didn't want, um, and, and uh, therefore people will be a bit more, um, a bit more measured with, 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 their, um, with their intimacy because he did not want Torah scholars to just constantly um, be consumed with being intimate with their um, spouses. There's obviously a lot more on that one. Um, we can talk about that in, a, uh, in an in-person session. Amr Rabbianai. Rabbianai said, Shemati Shemekilimba. I heard that um, some are lenient um, with this. Vishamati Shemachbirinba. And I heard some are actually stringent. Some are lenient and only... And are fine with just pouring nine kav, and some are stringent and require an actual immersion in the mikvah. Anyone that is stringent, his days and his years will be lengthened. He said, asked, what is the reason for people who go to the mikvah in the mornings? Mativan, what do you mean? What is the reason? Ha'ihu da'amar balkari asubedevretara. Wasn't Rabbi Shuban Levi the one that said that somebody that had a seminal mission cannot learn Torah until he goes to the mikvah? So what does he mean when he's asking what's the purpose of going to the mikvah in the morning? That's the purpose. Ha'chi ka'amar. So we say this is really what he meant. Mativan ba'arba'im se'ah. What is the purpose for somebody to make sure that they go into the mikvah of 40 se'ah? Because that's how much water you need. 40 se'ah, which is a huge amount of water. It's very possible. It's very, they can easily get around that by just pouring nine kav on themselves. So what's the reason that they would go about immersing? They can just put, they could just pour water on themselves. By requiring 40 sa'ah immersion, so by requiring actual immersion in a mikvah, the sages put in a wonderful fence. A very good precautionary fence. What is the idea of this precautionary fence? And this, I don't think this makes much sense on 
the uh, you know at, at first glance superficially, but we'll say it now and we'll try to talk. Maybe we'll find time to talk more about it. So Detanya, because we learned in the following Bryce, there was a story. There was one time a man who tried to um, who was trying to proposition a woman to uh, to be intimate with him. Amrolo, um, so some sort of prostitution, it seems like. Amrolo, and she said to him, Reka, you empty one. Do you have 40 sa'a of water that you can immerse in after this happens? After we are together? Miyad perish. And it was those words that kept him from, that, that, that separated him from her. That was the end of the propositioning. So basically, what the sages are showing is that by requiring 40 sa'a, this keeps people, by requiring immersion, this would keep people back from doing immoral acts. Ravuna said to the Rabbanon, so we are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines up from the bottom of the page. Ravuna said to the to, to the sages, Rabosai, my teachers, why do you belittle the uh, this immersion of Ezra that after a seminal mission you need to immerse? Is it because of the cold? Is it because that you know how difficult it is for people to go into the cold mikvah. But you don't need to go into a, a cold body of water. You can go into a warm bath water. Are you able to do a proper immersion in warm water? Of course not. Back then, in order to immerse, you would need to, if you wanted to be in warm water, you would have to put the water into a vessel, heat up that vessel, and then pour that into the mikvah. You're, the water for a mikvah cannot have come in, into a different vessel before going into the mikvah in order for it to be proper for a mikvah. So you could not go into a warm mikvah back then. Amr Alei Rav Huna said, Rav Adabar Ava Kaik Vasach. Rav Adabar Ava holds like you that um, you cannot go into a warm mikvah. You cannot go to the mikvah in a bathhouse. And that's why... They said that it wasn't so important to go to the mikvah after having a seminal mission before learning Torah, and that it would be suffice, it would be sufficient to pour nine kaben on yourself. Rabzera was in the, um, in the water in a bathhouse. Amr Leila Shamein, he said to his attendant, Zilva Isili Tisha Kabin, go and bring me nine kav of water to pour on myself. Ushadil of Ain Laal poured on myself. Amr Le Rabbi Chiabar Abba, Chiabar Abba said, Lamalela Markuli Hai, why do you need to do so much? Why do you need to go and get those nine kav of water? If you've had a seminal mission, you're already in immersing yourself in a body of water. Vahayasiv Bigavayu, you're already sitting inside a body of water. Amar Leis, Reb Zera said to him, Meaning, why do you need to pour? Why does it specific? Why do you need to pour that water on yourself? You're already sitting in more than nine kavan of water. So Amar Leis, Reb said to him, The nine kav process has to be like the forty sa process of immersion. Just like when we require forty sa, which is a huge amount of water. Um, and that has to specifically be an immersion and not a pouring on yourself. So too, the nine kav of water, that process, 
has to specifically be on pour, with pouring and not immersing. And that's where they get that. Rav Nachman, Taken Chatzba, Bastisha Kabin. Rav Nachman would prepare a pitcher um, that would hold nine kav of water, and he would uh, have it available for his students who had seminal missions before they would uh, learn Torah. Kiyasa Rav Dimi Omar, Rav Dimi came, he said, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Yehuda, Glustura Amru. Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda Glustura, they said as follows, when we talk about nine kav being poured on someone, that working to allow one to learn Torah, that's only talking about somebody that was sick who had a seminal emission involuntarily. But for somebody that is sick but had a voluntary um, had a voluntary seminal emission, they need 40 sa'ah, so they need to immerse in a real mikvah. Omar of Yosef, Yosef says, Itvar Rav Nachman. The vessel of Rav Nachman has broke because really Rav Nachman's students, um, they, when they would come in, it wasn't uh, involuntary seminal missions they had. It was voluntary. And therefore, that vessel that he used to prepare for them really wouldn't work for them. That's the idea there. So we'll uh, stop here. Um, we'll quickly do a review. So basically, we started with this concept of being stringent for yourself while still being lenient for others, which I think is a very important concept. And then you had many different opinions as to if the takana, if this decree of Ezra of requiring immersion before learning Torah after a seminal mission is something that we accustom ourselves to or not. Um, we spoke about the option of nine kav of the nine cup of water being poured on oneself, that that would also work. We saw some exceptions to that rule. But then we also had that very important halacha where we said that the world had accustomed themselves according to Rabbi Huda ben Becerra, who said that the words of Torah cannot, are not susceptible to ritual impurity, and therefore you really don't need to do anything before learning Torah after having a seminal mission. So there were many different opinions, but we did have that statement, which I think um, holds in Jewish law. Have a great day.